15-time world champion, Demetrius Johnson. You're listening to the Marty Cast. What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Mighty Cast episode three. We are your host, me, Demetri Johnson, and my boy, Michael Wandover. Wait, Michael, it's been it's been a long time since so we got a chance to talk and uh, get acquainted. Not acquainted, but but let's shoot the shit. How was your trip to uh, Chicago, Chi-Town? No, it was nice. I got to go back home to Chicago for uh, my friend's wedding, uh, wedding. Shout out to Jason Gaines and Miranda. Uh, hope, hope. The wet fuck that's your style. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, hey, I slipped hey, up. Hey, I slipped no, keep up. Going. <laughs> keep I it slipped. going. No, 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 no. No, no edited, baby. That's what we do. We shoot the shit on the fly. <laughs> There's no script, ladies and gentlemen. That's what yeah. makes this podcast the best. So go on. But, I know you yeah, still your so words. Jason, go ahead. Jason and Jason Gaines and Miranda. Uh <laughs> no, it was a beautiful wedding in Chicago. Nice Jewish wedding. Um, I was talking off cam- camera. Dimitri said he's never been to a Jewish wedding before, but uh, it's always, always fun, always, always a good time. So no, you you got to get yourself to go to a Jewish wedding somehow. You just got to get you married. We're still looking for a date, ladies and gentlemen, for my beautiful friend Michael. He hasn't had any DMs whatsoever. So ladies, come on! I know you guys are listening to the podcast. Get on it. Follow him on Instagram. Send him, you know, good <laughs> pictures. Let him swipe left and right, or maybe he needs to get on it, you know, Tinder or whatnot. But hopefully, you find you know, your special love. And then uh, you can invite me and the wife to the wedding. So uh, fingers are crossed. Yeah, no, they, they don't they don't have to be Jewish, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think my family, my family would appreciate that. But uh, no, we'll see. <laughs> oh my God. And they, they, it's about, it's about your happiness. That's what it's about. Your happiness, Michael. Okay. No, no, I agree. Um, but I would like a nice Jewish wedding. You, you haven't seen it, but you get to break glass at the end once, once, you know, the vows are said and all this different stuff. You get to dance on a chair. Like they hold you up on these chairs while you're dancing. You got to, you got to see that shit. I want, I want to see, there's what, there's like two black guys at the wedding. So you need to be one of those guys. <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Let's get into the thick of things. All right. Uh, things. Izzy Adesanya fighting Sean Strickland. He comes up short. I mean, they gave it 49 to 46. So that means Izzy won one round. One round. That's just kind of crazy to say that. He won one round against, I don't know if Sean Strickland was, he is he top 10? I, I need to pull a laptop up so I have all the stats in front of me. I feel like Sean Strickland has to be top 10, but I feel like Sean Strickland was kind of like a dark horse in the division, right? Uh, he's more known for his mouth and his outlandish of uh, the things he says, not by his fighting style. You know what I mean? Like you look at Paula Costa, you look at Yoel Romero. I mean, you look at the just the, you know, the division and the middleweight division. Sean Strickland is one of those guys who pops up in in your mind. But then again, the division isn't that deep. Well, it is still deep, but I think it's always been the face of the division has always been Izzy Adesanya. Right, you know, you have Robert Whitaker, you have DDP, now you have Sean Strickland, you have Paula Costa, you have a. Uh, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, this name wrong. Hazmat Hazmat Machida. Am I saying that right or incorrect? Did you just try to say Hamza Jamaya? 
Yeah, yeah. Did I say it wrong? <laughs> Correct. Hamza <laughs> um, Jemayev, yeah. Uh, Hasma. I was going to call him Hamza. Hamza, so you Hamza have, yeah. Hamza. So you have him, right? So I feel it, it's the him losing. Uh, first of all, I was, I, I'm shocked. I, I, I'm shocked because Izzy has such a great stand-up game that I felt that that was where he was going to be able to thrive and be able to be successful and knocking out Sean Strickland because Sean Strickland has that that stance where it's not it's not the best stance. It works for Sean, but if he was to fight the top ten kickboxers in K one, he would get absolutely destroyed. But then again, we are not, we're not you know they're not doing uh, kickboxing and doing mixed martial arts. But it works for Sean Strickland. I, I just couldn't believe that Izzy lost you know four to one, and they and 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 they and they, and the. But the fight was on the feet the whole entire time. The whole entire time where everybody thought Izzy was going to be able to thrive. And for that to happen like it did, yeah, I'm I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked. And a little get it because I'm a big Izzy fan. You know, I, I I love Izzy. I love his style. I love what he does for the, the sport. He's very uh, outspoken about his thoughts and his style. And, you know, that fucking EA curse and Drake curse came to bit him in the ass. What'd you think, Michael? Yeah, so my biggest thing is the fifth round, you have the whole fight, and, and I think there's a lot that can be said about the whole fight, but the fifth round is where I take the biggest issue because whatever happened in those first four rounds, okay, you can make the argument that Sean Strickland threw him off with his kind of his boxing style, his defensive mm. style, his crossing distance, but the fifth round... Because what I remember, I, Kelvin Gaslam, who he, he's a friend of mine, I also help with his YouTube and talking to him. He said a lot of similar things to Sean Strickland when I asked him about that great, great fight he had with Izzy. He's like, dude, when I fought him, it it felt like, man, I could see everything that's coming. It's not as unpredictable as I thought it was. Like, I'm able to hit him. So there was, there was that aspect of it. But the one thing that that Kelvin Gaslam fight had that this fight didn't was before the fifth round of that fight. I don't know if you remember, but Izzy just says to himself, I don't know if he's saying it to Kelvin or, or saying it to himself, but right before they start that fifth round, he's just saying like, man, I will die for this. Like, I'm willing to die for this. And that's ultimately what, won him in, in my opinion that fifth round against Kelvin and that was like the opposite of what we saw of Izzy in this in this fifth <laughs> round there was nothing he he fought the fifth like he did the first second third and fourth which was doing nothing even though you know you're down the scorecards like I I thought Izzy would come out being like okay I'm no more of these fakes faints all this stuff I'm just gonna come straight at him I'm gonna go for the head like he landed like 20 head headshots for a 25 minute fight I, I was disappointed as a fan of Izzy and, and his style in that fifth round, I was pretty baffled by it. Well, it's funny you said that because when you said that he fought the same way from the first round to the fifth round, that's a huge thing that he never did was make adjustments, right? Like his corner and him never came back to the to, to the chair and said, hey, dude, like the feints ain't working. You got to mix it up. You have to commit wrestle clinch like the biggest thing i you know an analysis i talked about was that sean strickland didn't do anything that was out of the ordinary he checked the kicks he kept this right he kept this right hand underneath his fucking chin which i i just i'm baffled by that and he just walked he walked forward now when you brought up kevin gaslam that's probably what kevin gaslam did too him being a shorter fighter between him and izzy he just walked 
across the distance, was able to get the punches off and added a little more wrestling against Izzy Adesanya. But it's crazy that Izzy never made adjustments. Like, I never thought about that, that Izzy, in that whole entire fight, in 25 minutes, he never made an adjustment. He was so stuck on the same game plan that he was going to knock him out and have Sean overextend and knock him out. But the fact that in his arsenal that he wasn't able to make adjustments just, like, baffles me, right? Like, when I look at, you know, the GOATs in, in mixed martial arts, so they're either very good at one discipline or they can make adjustments on the fly. Like, you look at John Jones when he fights. If he's fighting something, when he fought... Uh, Alex Gustafsson, he made adjustments in the middle of the fight. When I fight, if I'm fighting somebody, I will make adjustments in the fight in order to cater for the victory to be in my favor. But we didn't see that from Izzy Adesanya Saturday night. We didn't see that. And that's a big thing. And maybe he's never had to make adjustments, right? Like when he fought Kevin Gaslam, he just, it was still a back and forth war. And like I said, he was willing to die for it. But when he fought Yoro Merrill, he never had to make adjustments. When he fought Robert Whitaker, he never had to make adjustments. So if we go back and look at all Izzy's fights, he's never had to make adjustments. It's always been Izzy going lateral and counterattacking somebody instead of showing his full evolution of a mixed martial artist. Good, 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 good call out there, Michael. I didn't realize that he never made adjustments. Hmm, interesting. No, no, and I was I was just very disappointed in him as this guy is probably because let's not include Conor McGregor because he's not really fighting consistently at all. Let's let's not even include John Jones as in this argument is who's the biggest star right now because he's kind of seems like he's on his way out. He's talked about that maybe even Stipe will be his last fight. I, I don't believe that, but it could potentially be. So Israel Adesanya coming into this fight, you can make the argument here's the biggest star in UFC. And that performance, you know, I was sitting there watching with one of my friends, you know, a casual fan, and him seeing that, he's just like, "What well, the fuck, this sucks. Like, that, that fight <laughs> sucked. Like, what, like, even he was excited, like, man, I thought this would be, we'd get to see Izzy do all this cool stuff, knock him the fuck out. And we just see a fight where he never got it going 25 minutes. This is a guy, people are saying he's surpassed Anderson Silva already, comparing it to his, mm. to his legacy, like, Anderson Silva went 16 and 0, 16 and 0, to, and which wasn't all, there's was a couple light heavyweight in there, and not all of them were title fights, but mostly title fights, and just already crowning this guy as the middleweight GOAT, uh, that was, I was very disappointed in that performance, and, and not to take anything away from Sean Strickland, but, you know, it made me have, not, not to suck up to you, but it made me have respect for your 11 title defenses, because it shows how hard it is that He's already, this is the third time he's lost in a UFC title fight. Yeah, the biggest thing with Izzy is that when you compare him to Anderson Silva, right? And you look at the 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 line of athletes that Anderson Silva has fought in his time to where the athletes that Izzy has fought. You know, Anderson has beat Travis Luter, Chel Sonnen, uh, Vito Belfort, uh, Rich Franklin twice. And... Anderson Silva, I'm going to go ahead and put it on, on paper right now. Anderson Silva is more dynamic than, more well-rounded than Izzy Adesanya. The reason why I'm saying that is that Anderson Silva can kickbox, he can counter-strike, he can clinch, he can also grapple. He's got a submission. He submitted uh, Travis Luter with a triangle choke, I believe. He also submitted Chel Sonnen, and he's also knocked out 
you know, he's knocked out Chris Lieben going backwards. He's also knocked out Rich Franklin two times in the clinch. So I would say I feel comfortable now saying that Anderson Silva is more complete of a martial artist than Izzy Adesanya. You know, and, and a lot of people might disagree with me, but facts are facts. When you look at each of their tapes, you can't compare. It's I hate when people say, oh, you know, I'm going to use me for a good example. Oh, Demetrius Johnson, his his people that he fought weren't uh, as good as they are today. That's like saying that Michael Jordan wouldn't have been able to be great against LeBron James. You, you can't say that. It's not Michael Jordan's fault that he was born and he paved the, the path for greats like LeBron James and Stephen Curry and Delicious goes on. So it's the same thing. Like if you if you were to take Anderson, if you were to take Anderson Silva and Israel Asanya, put them together and have them fight each other, both at their prime, I bet you I would be, because Izzy's in his prime right now. He's 34 years old. He's in his prime. If you take Anderson Silva and Izzy, both in their prime, I bet you Anderson Silva beats him. Reason why is because he's more dynamic. He can fight in more different places. Izzy's had opportunities to fight in the clinch, but he doesn't. He avoids it. He goes lateral and, and, and disengages. He's had opportunities to take a shot. He, he's never done it. I don't know if Anderson Silva has ever taken a shot, but he has fought off his back with his, his submission attacks. So... Like as we're sitting here, we're digesting Izzy's game and seeing him. And I saw somebody, I saw a statistic today that there's been three middleweight champions in the year of 2023. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Three fucking champions: Alex, Izzy, Sean Strickland. Three champions in one year in one division. That's absolutely crazy, and it just shows you that two things: one, it's very hard to be a champion and be very consistent, and two. What did you text me last night? Uh, the other night, Michael. What did you what, what did you text me? Do you remember? That that um I don't know if this is where where you're bringing it, but that the, the UFC is like the easiest combat sport. MMA is the easiest combat sport to win a world title. Yeah, there you got it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, now when I say this, <clears throat> this is what I mean by all due respect is that you can have holes and deficiencies in your game. If you want to be a world champion in basketball, you have to be good at basketball. If you want to be a world champion at tennis, you have to be good at tennis. You could be world champion in mixed martial arts and absolutely display no curriculum whatsoever in the ground game, right? Doesn't mean you don't know it, just means you don't have to do it, right? So I didn't, I didn't text Michael. Michael texted me that. And he goes, now I see what you mean by it's the easiest sport to be world champion in. So, but let's let's move forward. What's next for Izzy Adesanya? A lot of people are saying, well, Dana White says he wants Izzy to get a rematch. I disagree. Reason why is I will love, now this is, I'm going to give you guys two sides of this. I'm going to give you the business side and I'm going to give you the side of the martial artists. The business side, obviously, Michael said it, Izzy is probably the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the UFC right now. I have no idea how much the review did, but I'm sure I bought it, so he's got my $79.99. So if he is the biggest star, how much pay-per-views do they sell? I would like to say maybe 400, 500,000 pay-per-views. You do the math, it's a shitload of money. <clears throat> Now, if they were to do the rematch immediately, everybody has that, you know, the king just got slayed. 
by the new champion, Sean Strickland. Let's run it back. Let's capture lightning in a bottle. They're going to do that. That's what they want to do because they know people are going to tune in. I mean, my reaction did what? I think we were at 256,000 views, and that was just my reaction. So obviously the internet blew up once Sean Strickland beat Izzy. Now, that's the only reason why that they're going to redo this rematch. It's because the biggest star just lost. Let's run it back. Let's try to capture this and see if we can do more views. See if we can double our views, right? But I'm not a businessman. I look at this as a martial artist standpoint. I think Izzy needs to take time. He's 34. He needs to take time and develop a different side of his game. Everybody knows he's going to counter-strike. If you go back and look at all his fights, it's always he backs up, goes lateral, and looks for the counter-strike. Question mark kick, push kick, looking for the jab, fainting, fainting, looking. It's worked. It's 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 beautiful. It's a piece of a game I wish I had. I wish I I do have it, but you can't utilize it when I'm 5'3 and I'm fighting a guy who's 5'9. It just doesn't work. I'm, I'm putting myself more at risk of trying to counter counter strike somebody who's way longer than me and they're backing up right but i think as a martial artist i would i said it in my analysis i would say back up like, hey i need to work on my clinch game i need to work on my jiu-jitsu game i need to work on my shot game i need to be completely dynamic that way if he's not going to open up on his on my feints or overextend i'm going to force him by forcing the clinch i'm going to force him by shooting right i i, I always go back to my fight against timmy Sudo the second time after that first round, even though I won the first round, I was not satisfied where the fight was going, even though I was beating him, right? I came back to the corner. I heard Henry the first the first round in the second fight. He he almost, you know, his leg was shot. I come back to, think about this, guys. I had 11 consecutive title defenses. I come back to my corner when I won the first round against Henry Cejudo. First round against Henry Cejudo in the second fight. And I said... I'm not happy where the fight's going. I'm fucking taking it to him, right? That's why I knew that Henry has evolved. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going for it, right? And a lot of people out there still believe I won that fight. So I would like to see Izzy take a time, get better in his game, and come back. A brand new reform, Izzy Adesanya, new style bender, and display something different. That's that. That's where I want. Like, I don't want to see another rematch. Even though everyone out there wants to try to capture all that money, I think as a martial artist, which I believe he is a true martial artist, I think he would like to sit back and think about, like, let's look at my performance. Why am I still going lateral? Why am I not engaging in the clinch? Why am I not taking it, doing a double-A takedown? Right? But once again, this is a sport where you don't have to display all that stuff because you can get by on just, you know, being good in one area. Michael, what you got for me, baby? No, I'm gonna go back to the first the first point I made because I kind of want your insight. Going back to that fifth round, because we're okay, I'm, I'm not a fighter. I don't I don't even train in MMA or anything like that. So maybe I can't necessarily judge. Oh, why wasn't he doing anything in that fifth round? But from from your perspective, what what do you think was going on in in Israel's mind, knowing that he he probably knew he had to get a finish but wasn't going for it? Like what? How do you I, think what was happening in that moment? I have no idea. Like, I've been there before. When I fought Dominic Cruz back in 2011, I believe it was, and I was down on the scorecard, and Matt was like, hey, we, we need a knockout. I won for everything, everything, and still didn't get it done. But for Izzy, I, I just don't know. Like, when I see that, I, when I watch that fight and I sit back and I ponder more on it, it's like 
why was he not fighting to clinch? Why was he not taking a risk and shooting a double A takedown? It's like, for me, it's like, okay, he's not confident in his skill set in those areas. So maybe that's why he can't make those adjustments, right? That's the only thing, unless uh, other, only that comes to mind, one, is he, I don't think he's tired or gassed. Maybe he is, or, or, or two or three, he might have an injury. I have no idea. Izzy hasn't came out and said anything yet, commented on the fight, um, so I would love to hear his his mind where he was going into that fifth round or just the whole fight. Like I would love to Izzy be like, dude, I, I didn't think Sean was going to be able to cross distance like that. Oh, I didn't think Sean was going to be, you know, his range or his timing was different. So I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I don't want to say I was disappointed. I was just shocked. Like I think disappointment means you're mad at somebody. I was just shocked that Izzy wasn't able to do what he does best, which is you know, start countering people. Yeah. And before we move on from this, I, I did want to give a little bit of the spotlight back on Strickland because we've obviously talked a lot about Israel Adesanya. Yeah, yeah. So what, what impressed you about him and what, what do you think you were wrong about with him? Cause you were like, like many people, you, you didn't think he had too much of a yeah. shot. So, so what do you think happened where like, let's give this dude credit. Like I did not see that coming. It was Pretty much like when Chael Sonnen fought Anderson Silva that first time if Chael didn't get tapped in the last minute. It was pretty much that, except he actually pulled it off. And and even more impressive in a lot of ways because Chael just wrestled Anderson Silva, who you know obviously doesn't have a strong wrestling game. So how was he able to just outstrike really one of the best strikers in UFC history? Patience, discipline, crossing distance, not overextending. Yeah, let's let's you know give a second. We'll give a round of applause. To Sean Strickland, you know, obviously I picked Izzy to win the fight because Izzy has never given me any doubt in my mind to not think he'd be able to pick apart that style of Sean Strickland's, you know, going forward and all that stuff. But Sean just did a good job of pressuring him, right? Like if you listen to Sean Strickland's corner, uh, they just posted it. I believe, uh, I don't know the, the main coach's name, but he said, we didn't come all this way to lose on fucking points. I want you to get on his ass immediately. Immediately. And Sean did that. Sean had a game plan. He executed it with flying colors. You know, as we would say in the gaming world, his game plan was S tier. Like there was no way he was losing it. And he stayed diligent and he never gave Izzy the opportunity to make adjustments or Izzy doesn't have it in his arsenal to make adjustments when somebody pressures him like that, right? Sean Strickland and his team, they sat down, they watched, they studied Izzy's fights and said, hey, if we put his back on the cage, he's going to go lateral every single time. We see that. And he's going to throw the kicks, check them, and don't overextend. And you're going you're, you're gonna to win this fight. Like if you, if you literally look at the game plan, how to beat Izzy Adesanya... Don't overextend, don't check the kicks, and don't bite on the feints, right? I don't have to worry about the clinch game. I don't have to worry about wrestling. You know, I said it earlier. It's just like what uh, Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez said. They're like, dude, when we fight, when we train for mixed martial arts, we train for the full, full, full meal deal. When it's just one part of the game, it's easier to do it. So that's one of the things that impressed me mostly about Sean Strickland is that he never had to wrestle. I, he didn't have to wrestle. When I said he should wrestle, but he didn't have to. That's somebody who believes in his game, his stand-up, his striking. And his striking was just a lot more cleaner than Izzy Adesanya. And, and see, and this is the beautiful thing about the sport. This is what I love about the sport. Imagine if 
Izzy, uh, not Izzy, Sean Strickland versus Paula Costa. That is going to be fucking fireworks because Paula Costa is just going to come across this it's, and he's just going to fight. You're going to see two guys just fight, right? Or Hazmat fighting Sean Strickland. Another guy who's just going to come and fight. Those two guys, the difference between those two guys versus Izzy is that Izzy relies on his feints. He goes lateral. He doesn't cross the fence and bite on a mouthpiece and just go and wrestle and clinch and all that stuff. Where you have Paulo Costa and you have Hazmat, those guys do it. Like the Hazmat versus Gilbert Burns fight was a fire fight because they fought everywhere. They wrestle, they clinch, there's knees. It was all over the place. So I'm very excited to see what Sean Shurkin does next and the future of the middleweight division. Like I said, I don't want to see immediate rematch. I'd rather see Izzy work on some of his games, on his game. But for Sean Strickland, I mean, he's got murderers row. I mean, Robert Whitaker's back in there now. Uh, it gives Robert Whitaker uh, an opportunity to be able to fight for the belt. So, I mean, obviously he's got a long ladder to climb, but it opens up the division again. No, and I, I agree with that, and I think there's a lot of interesting names in there, and, and we're going to get to see Hamzat Chemaev versus Paulo Costa at the next pay-per-view in, in Abu Dhabi, UFC 294. So I think that whoever wins that is going to be right there. And we, of course, have Dreykus Duplessis, who it seems like he should get be next in line, whether that's against Strickland um, or not. But that's I would think he's not going to just sit there and, and not get the title shot next. So... No, I, I agree. We got a lot of interesting middleweights coming up, but to change subjects, one other thing since we last talked that we did, you you took home some more gold. If you if you needed more in that collection, <laughs> you took you get you took you added another piece of hardware. So um a little round of applause for Demetrius Johnson competing in his first jujitsu tournament, wins that that gold medal. What what just what was that experience like for you? Um Competing in something, it sounds weird to say Demetrius Johnson competed in something for the first time after all of the, you know, UFC and MMA experience you <laughs> yeah, have. Right. So, uh, what, what was that like just getting to experience your first jiu-jitsu tournament? It was absolutely amazing. It was something I wanted to do after, prior to fighting Adriano for the third time. You know, my kids, wife, Tanith, Maverick, and Tyron, they all do jiu-jitsu. We're a big jiu-jitsu household now along with WWE. We'll get to that soon. But for me to, after my fight with Adrian, I'll say, hey, to myself, talk to myself, like, hey, what do you want to do? What excites you? It was jujitsu. Like, my teammates, you know, Professor Jan, Steve Skids, uh, you know, Brody, Tyron, Celine, Asilio, the whole grapple team, they're like, dude, we're going out to Vegas. We're going to compete at Master Worlds. You should do it. And I was like, man, you know, I'm kind of, kind of nervous. I don't know if I'll be able to. And there comes a point in time when I'm like, dude, I've been fighting mixed martial arts for 18 years. I want to do something different. Like nothing excites me anymore in, in MMA right now. So I was like, you know what? I looked at the weight classes. I was like, okay, I can go 141, which ladies and gentlemen, I fight at 135, or I can go 154. I've been cutting weight since I was in middle school. I am 37 years old now. I am done cutting weight. I'm going to say one time, I am done cutting weight. I have no interest to cut weight anymore. I think cutting weight destroys my body. If I would have been eating like this for the last 18 years, I'll be so fucking buff right now. It wouldn't be funny. I might be fine at like 165. I have no idea. But to go on a diet, increase my protein intake, increase the calories, increase the fats, and focus on putting the weight on and lifting 
and to step on a scale and see 152, I was I was so happy. I was so ecstatic. I was like, let's go. And then to go out there and compete, you know, a lot of you guys are new to jujitsu. If not, you guys kind of know how jujitsu works. But in a jujitsu competition, you weigh in and then you go into a loading pin and then you go and compete in your matches. When mixed martial arts, I can dehydrate myself. Well, not in one championship, but in the UFC, you can dehydrate yourself. I don't agree with that method. In one championship, you have to weigh in hydrated. So I would weigh in at 135 hydrated in one championship. I typically walk around at 148, 150 right now. I would die down to 135, weigh in hydrated. I get 24 to 38 hours to fully hydrate. Then I get to go compete. Jiu-Jitsu is different. You weigh in the day, the day of the competition. Then once you weigh in, you get into a loaded pin, and then they send you to your mat, your your mat, and then you have your first match. I am Masters Two, which means I compete in an age category. I'm 37 years old, so you compete with 35 all the way to like maybe 38 year old people in your specific brown belt division. I had six matches, so my first match was six minutes. It went to a decision. Second match. You get maybe 15 minute break, maybe 10 minute break. Second match, another six minutes. Third match, another six minutes. And then the then after the third match, there was a huge 30 minute, a huge break. So I had 30 minutes just to chill. But that's the hardest thing is that you get 30 minutes to let your body calm, calm down, chill. You don't warm back up. I said it to Matt. And then you have your fourth match, another six minutes. I think I tapped that guy. I'm not sure. No, the fourth, no, the third guy I tapped. Fourth guy was a tough, I think that was another gentleman. That was a tough match. Then the fifth guy, I believe he was my hardest match because he had, he was a judo player. Another six minutes. And then the final match, they moved my mat. And then I had to go to this mat. And once I got there, it was like, hey, you're up next. It's a battle of nutrition and I love it. Six matches, 36 minutes of just fighting six different games in jiu-jitsu. Like it was... I was so happy. I was so grateful. The amount of love and the fans that follow me in my mixed martial arts career, supporting me in my jiu-jitsu endeavors. Like, it was absolutely amazing. And to be able to compete with Professor Jan and Skids and my son, Tyron. I mean, that... And, and to be able to win gold as a brown belt. You know, I'm super grateful. And I can't wait for the next one. I am going to do more. But I'm not going to be talking about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work in the lab on my game to work on the things that I could have done better in my tournament. So I'm going to take some time off, let my body heal, get my weight up more, try to get it to like 153, and then I'm going to get ready for the next one. Potential, well, no potential. I'm going to get ready for the next one. I'm not going to tell you guys, but just, just, stay, just stay, stay tuned. No, and I'm going to bring it up because I, I don't know if you would have, but I think it needs to be said. You're, I think you're going about the jujitsu in, in a way that's admirable and, you know, you're, we kind of talked about this off air, but you look at someone like Conor McGregor and he's just like, oh, look, I'm a black belt in jujitsu. <laughs> and then and he, even Sean, Sean Strickland, like in the lead up to this fight, I hear, oh, he's a black belt in jujitsu. Like it's, it's, um, you know, you could say you're black belt and there's, and it's not to discredit those people, but those people have never compared, competed in a jujitsu tournament and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they've kind of gone about it and the work that I know you're doing every day, specifically focusing on jujitsu, not just working on jujitsu as part of your MMA training. So I think it's cool to see you actually doing it the right way. And you're not, 
when that moment comes and you get that black belt, it will be really special because you earned it and it's not just sounding cool of like when you make your UFC walkout and it's like, oh, this guy's somehow a black belt in jujitsu. Like, when, <laughs> when the fuck did that happen? Like, so no, I, th- I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Like, it's a uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how these black belts are handed out, how it works, but I was like, oh, McGregor, I guess, is a black belt, even though he hasn't fought for however many years. Yeah, it's, it's, every professor is different, right? You know, my professor believes that a belt is given when a person has reached that level, right? And he thinks that my ceiling to be able to, when I become a black belt, he wants to make sure I'm a nasty black belt. He's like, there's still so much knowledge for you to learn before you get your black belt. And he goes, yeah, of course, can I give you a black belt? Yeah, but then that's just me giving it to you. But I'd rather you be a solid, strong black belt where it's like, you know, people look at me and it's like, yeah, this he's a legit black belt because I've gone with other black belts and I just get absolutely destroyed. You know, granted, there's a huge weight discrepancy, but the knowledge... You know, there's still so much for me to learn. Um, so just to say, like, you know, Connor's got his black belt, and you also have, you know, uh, Tywin really has his black belt. Sean Strickland has his back black belt. Their black belt level might be here, but then I'm a brown belt, so my brown belt level might be here. Then when I get my black belt, it's going to be even higher than their black belt. So it's all based on everybody's potential in that belting system. That's the way my professor kind of told me how it goes like i am my ceiling is just a lot higher than theirs i guess that's that's the best way to put it but i do laugh at that too because when i see him it's like oh he's a black belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu and i'm like is he a black belt though is he is he really but you know then again i can't question you know their professor on when they belt because when i got my brown belt nobody ever questioned my professor bibiano fernandez so but hey I'm happy they got black belts. I'm still working towards my black belt, and I can't wait to receive it one day. How long does that usually take to to earn that that black belt? So you're at the brown belt. So what are the the next steps to to get the black so, belt? So so typically how it works from my from my uh, knowledge is you got to at least have one year in the brown belt, and then after that, then if you win adult masters, you can skip the line you can get your black belt immediately. But if you have your brown belt under IBJJF rules, there's a, at least a two-year pro- probational period before you get your black belt. That's that's what it is, right? So, you know, like for example, Tyron, if he keeps on staying on his trajectory and he keeps getting better in jiu-jitsu, he should have his black belt when he's 18, 19, but he also started when he was nine nine years old. Right, he get his blue belt when he's 16. Then a year, I think it's a year in your blue belt or two years. You get your purple belt another two years, and you get your brown belt another two years, and you get your black belt. So it's all based on like, are you a competitor? Are you a hobbyist? Are you? It's based on your curriculum. Like with those guys, they're so fixated on fighting. Not, I don't want to say fixated. Right now, they're focused on fighting. Where right now, for me, I love training the gi. It's just something I find. It's a passion of mine and I find pleasure in doing it than sparring mixed martial arts or kickboxing Muay Thai because I'm, I don't want injure, to injure my body and get hit in the head anymore. So for me, I still get the same feeling of doing uh, gi jiu-jitsu or no gi jiu-jitsu. When I train that, I get the same feeling I have when I train for my mixed martial arts fight. So it's based on the professor and, you know, if they're black belts, they're black belts. <laughs> No, guys. So make sure to check that out. We we posted a really raw um, 
Um, also, shout out, shout out to Kenny. Um, Kenny, Kenny, yes, y'all. sir. Yeah, yeah, he he filmed that for us. Um, used to work for one championship. He was out in Vegas with Demetrius, and so I, I, you guys have clearly really enjoyed that because we didn't we didn't know how much people would really be into the jujitsu and and just really seeing some raw moments and some raw jujitsu matches with DJ. But right now, that's at you know pushing hard for six hundred thousand views. So you guys are really liking that. So we'll that makes us know that as DJ continues to compete in jitsu, we'll we'll try to have a camera there and and hopefully we'll we'll always be able to to post some behind the scenes. Um but Oh hell yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> no no and another another interesting thing that happened since we last talked which sparked from from our last episode, we had a little call out of AEW pro wrestler and street fighter enthusiast Kenny Omega and we, mm-hmm. we so we put out that we had the episode, then we put out the challenge, um, the clip on on Instagram and Twitter, and he responded some very a very interesting response from him. I, I actually probably should have had the tweet handy because it's pretty pretty funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, pull it. I, I remember what he said. I remember what he said he says, Oh hell no. I I don't care if somebody insults me in my wrestling ability, but for somebody to insult me, say they're better than me in Street Fighter, oh, absolutely not. That's pretty much the gist of it. But let me tell you guys right now, I am Diamond in Guile. Now, anybody knows the ranking in Street Fighter, Diamond is a last step before you become a master at your character. So I'm putting serious work in in Street Fighter VI that when I get the opportunity to fight Kenny Omega, I'm going to fucking body this guy. I'm going to body him and then you got austin creed stepping in there as well so it, it's a, it's a fun little uh i guess you say beef triangle going on right now where austin creed wants to fight us in tekken which i don't play tekken and then he also wants to play mortal kombat 1 which is about to come out i don't play that as well and then we have street fighter 6 which i love i think it's the best fighting game on the market right now just the whole complete system has been re rehauled from street fighter 5 that the game is fucking amazing. Like, I, I love it. Hopefully, hopefully it goes down because they have AEW in October 1st in Seattle, Washington, my hometown. And we're trying to get Michael out here too if things go well and to try to get some behind the footage. I'm hoping it happens. Like I reached out to him. Like I, I, I messaged him on Twitter, but he hasn't responded back to me. <laughs> I like how he is that 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 call out just you know call calling you a loser and then then bringing in uh bringing in Austin Creed who's who's Xavier Woods of the New Day in WWE and then he he doesn't even follow up but no I th- I think we'll I definitely think we'll make it happen but it will be difficult with this AEW versus WWE dynamic because I know uh, Xavier Woods uh Aust- yeah. Austin Creed he's he's trying to get in there and he he brought up potentially doing like um it'd be like Tekken and Street Fighter between you mm-hmm. three but that it is it's always tough when you're as as any listeners who don't know the kind of rift between AEW and WWE it's very similar to UFC and Bellator or even UFC and One Championship so like once you cross those boundaries it does make it a little bit more difficult but hey I mean I would those two guys, if you haven't seen them together, are just money, how competitive they are, and really funny guys as well, and, and also obviously just good gamers and passionate about gaming. So I do kind of hope that we could somehow pull off this these three personalities working together, but at minimum, we got to just keep it simple and get you versus Kenny Omega, because that's, from. I would just say, is from the people I've talked to, they think that you would lose. That's that's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything, but... What I've heard is like, oh man, Kenny's really legit, you know, he's, which I know you use the classic controls too, but I've heard that he's 
pretty legit. So I think you'd be the betting underdog in this. I know you're not used to being the underdog, but I think you're going to be the betting underdog if we can hey, get this hey, set up. Hey. Hey, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, hey, right now, turn it now. Bet on black. You're never going to lose, okay? <laughs> I'm ready for this match. Uh, you know, that's the thing that's sad about, like, you know, the whole, like, oh, you can't cross and da-da-da-da, you know, AEW versus WWE. I know I've heard in the past that up, up, down, down is, like, under WWE's, like, umbrella. I don't know whole, the whole logistics, but it's like, at the end of the day, we're all self-contractors, Right, like I'm, I'm, I'm a subcontractor. I get a 1099. Uh, I'm sure Xavier Woods, 1099, Kenny Omega, 1099, and this is something separate from AEW, WWE, and you know, one championship. This is Mighty Gaming, you know, calling out. You know, I I don't know what his real name is. I'm assuming it's Kenny Omega, but you know, I want to fight him in Street Fighter Six. We can do it on my YouTube or whatever. And then Austin Creed can come over and do his thing. So that's the thing that's sad about it is that why can't, you know, the, that's one of the things I love about where I'm at in this season of life is that I've always been shy or afraid of who I'm going to upset when I talk about the sport of mixed martial arts, right? Obviously, I have a history with the UFC. If it wasn't for the UFC, I would not be very known in America today like it's just point blank simple i i don't think my popularity will be as high as it is now from my my journey in the ufc and one championship right so you know i have to you know give you a huge shout out for you pushing me to start this podcast starting doing the breakdowns of just, not just the UFC fights. I know everybody's like, oh man, it's all in UFC fights. The reason why is because UFC's pushing out content. They're pushing out content every fucking weekend. I would be a fucking fool not to give my my thoughts or analysis on these athletes that are coming out, right? You know, September, 20, September 22nd, we got Rotten versus Super Lake. We're going to do a full breakdown of that fight as well. And then after that, we have John Haggerty versus Fabricio Andrade. She just got pushed back even further. And then you have Stamp Fairtex fighting for the interim belt. And I don't know if it's Adam Way or whatnot. So if a fight excites me, I'm going to talk about it. I want to promote it. I'm, I want to promote the athletes because at the end of the day, I want every single athlete out there to have the opportunity to shine and make as much money as possible. Right, that is my thing. I'm always my number one thing is for the athletes. Right, I think every athlete should have the opportunity to go fight wherever they want and make as much money as possible. Not be held down under a contract saying that you can't go fight for this promotion because we own the rights in your likeness. Right, like I if if, if a promotion if somebody came to John Haggerty and Fabricio Andrade goes, dude, we're gonna pay you both five million dollars each to fight on the zone. I think these guys should have the opportunity to go to go fight for the zone and get paid $5 million each. Why not? At the end of the day, don't we want to see the athletes make money? Don't we want to see them be able to retire one day? Right? So that's like, you know, this is a long tangent, but that's the biggest thing that, uh, you know, that's always kept me shy is, you know, just speaking my feelings. And it's stuff that I I speak. I, I speak it from the heart. And sometimes when you speak stuff, you might ruffle some feathers. But at the end of the day, I'm in a position now where I'm like, dude, I'm 37. I have so much knowledge that I want to be able to, 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 to share to the world. And thank you, Michael, for helping me do that and pushing me to do that. 
Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in a position of speaking, breaking down the fights. Because not once in the last week or the last two weeks since we've both been working together, I have not heard one negative comment or one person say, I can't believe you're doing this. This is so fucking stupid. Only positive vibes. Only positive vibes. So thank you, Michael. I appreciate you. Sorry, I don't know where the no. fuck we were at, but yeah. <laughs> no, no. And and I, th I think it is just an important thing that, you know, and, and there's even not to delve into it, but a lawsuit going on with UFC that they are, you know, a monopoly, whatever you want to say, but it's whether you agree with that or not, it's the same as with pro wrestling. When you're going to talk pro wrestling, you're going to talk WWE. Um, Kenny, mm -hmm. Kenny Omega is the biggest star of, of what are one of the biggest stars of WWE's top competition, AEW. And it's, and it's, you know, it, it is refreshing to see that you're, you're willing to talk about, you know, any organization, whether that be one championship, you know, we'll even talk PFL when they have their championship coming up in November, you know, we're going to really here. We're going to talk about everyone, AEW, WWE. It's boxing. So I, yeah. But, oh yeah. Box boxing too. So I, I think it's just important to embrace what's being talked about and, and seeing what the fans are interested in and, and not being stubborn of, Oh, Hey, I've, I haven't fought for UFC since 2018 like I did I respect that you have no ego about it it's it's a it's a realization of you know UFC are obviously the the number one interest point it's the the most thing that people know you from so I, th I think it is obviously important and I think it's cool after you kind of took a five-year break in a lot of ways talking UFC or really we never got to hear you talk about these Israel Asanyas or or any of these these fighters that are you know the Sean O'Malley so it's we're almost hearing you talk about these fighters for the first time so it's I think that's why people are so interested whenever you do talk UFC well then a day I'm still a fan like I'm still a fan of of the athletes right like do I think the UFC could do better practices of making sure every athlete makes a shitload of money 1000% I could say that across the board in any industry the actors industry, writers industry, well, no, basketball, baseball, and football, they, they, they getting fucking paid. But I can say that across all industries, McDonald's, whatever it may be. But I'm still fans of Izzy, Henry Cejudo, Ajami Sterling, Chito Vera, uh, Marlon. Like, I just know these guys because I fought in the same division as these guys. And I've also followed their stories. So for me, it's, you know, even, uh, you know, we, we're doing a breakdown of Valentina Shevchenko. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little piece of this right now. Valentina Shevchenko has been one of the athletes I've always been super impressed by. Reason why is when she came on the scene in mixed martial arts, she was known for her Muay Thai, right? She had great stand-up, great footwork, bounced back and forth from the edge of the distance, and was so fast. Then she fought somebody, and then she threw a motherfucker. She threw somebody, and I was like, whoa. I didn't expect this to come from a Muay Thai person. And then she submitted the girl with an arm bar. I was like, she is getting better. She is not content with just being a Muay Thai artist, a Muay Thai fighter. She is completing, she is becoming a full-blown mixed martial artist. And then she had to fight with Amanda Nunes. I followed her career since the very beginning because she caught my eye. Same thing with Conor McGregor. When Conor McGregor came on the scene, it wasn't his fight when he fought uh, in Boston that caught my eye. It was a the fight that caught my eyes when he fought Diego, uh, Diego Brandau, I believe it was. It was in Ireland, and the way he controlled distance, I was like, "Ah, you caught my eye. You're a great fighter." A lot of people can fight, but a great fighter can control distance and understand his game. So for me to be able to have, you know, have a platform with me that I built on the YouTube and Michael's helped me build, I feel like. All cards. I can I, I can say whatever I want. I I don't know. I just yeah. So 
I, I'm super excited for the future of of the YouTube and the, and the Mighty Cast and talking about all fights like the Zone. We got Francis Ngannou, who's about to fight fucking Tyson Fury, make ten million dollars. Everybody said Tyson. No, everybody said Francis Ngannou is dropping the bag. You remember that, Michael? No, I mean he's this dude has secured that bag for life. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, everybody says, oh, oh, you don't know what he's doing. He did, he's missing this opportunity. This opportunity. Look at him. The man's out there. He's thriving. He's about to sign a, a about to have the biggest fight of his life against Tyson Fury in one one aspect of martial arts, which is just boxing, which he has to be extremely good at it and become a world champion, or he has not got power. And then he's going to be able to go back to PFL and do that and, and do mixed martial arts. Like, I don't know. It's, 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 it, what a time to be alive, to be a professional athlete in mixed martial arts or in fighting in general and have a name. You got Dylan Dennis, who hasn't done shit in mixed martial arts for fucking 25 years, about to make a big ass bag fighting Jake Paul. I mean, excuse me, Logan Paul. I mean, Jesus Christ. And to actually stick on that, that UFC topic, we have UFC this weekend um, ce celebrating Mexican Independence Day. Um, it's, it's a card that unfortunately was a little bit decimated by, by injuries. My boy Kelvin Gaslam was supposed to be in the co-made event uh. against Shavkat Rachmanov, which like I was really looking forward to that one. I mean, that was I don't know if, how much you've seen Shavkat, but he's one of the most up and coming guys. So I was, I was really looking forward to that one, but still, still got a nice card and it's going to be, it's going to be a hot crowd Mexican independence day in Las Vegas. Main event. We got Valentina Shevchenko against Alexa Grasso. Grasso with, with one of the, we're talking about Strickland. This is also one of the biggest upsets in UFC title fight mm -hmm. history. We obviously saw that the mistake was very obvious. What Shevchenko made last time goes for that spinning, spinning kick and Grasso grabs her back, gets that rear naked choke. What do you see in this rematch? And, and I actually want to pull up the odds as we're talking is I'm curious because I would think, I mean, Shevchenko has to be the favorite, right? I would think she still is. Yeah. Yeah. So right, right now it's, uh, it's looking. Yes. So Valentina Shevchenko, uh, Valentina Shevchenko is minus 170 mm. in this fight, despite losing, which that, that sounds pretty fair. But what, what do you see Valentina Shevchenko versus Grasso? What do you think Shevchenko has to do differently? Which obviously goes that same probably not show throw spinning shit is the is the number yeah, one thing yeah, yeah. uh but but um no what else do you see from her because i know we've talked a lot about valentina like you think very highly for in terms of ma male and female she's one of the most gifted in there so what do you see in this rematch you know i don't i have to go back and watch most both of their fights you know alexa grasso is still one of the athletes i'm still getting familiar with i haven't followed her career as much as shevchenko shevchenko just got to go back and do what she does best because from my memory, I think she was winning that fight until she threw that spinning back kick and then Grasso got on her back and choked her out. So I think if she goes back and looks at that, okay, no spinning shit. If we're going to do spinning stuff, make sure she's in front of me. Well, make sure she's not too close when she get on my back. And that's it. You know, I'm going to go back and watch that fight and give my, you know, full breakdown analysis of Shevchenko and Alexis Grasso. And they give my final prediction here on the Mighty Gaming YouTube. And then, then we'll see. We'll have to watch it and see what happens. Uh, at the end of the day, it's mixed martial arts. Anything can happen. But if I was a betting man, um, you know, I'll probably go with Shevchenko because it was a simple mistake. And we all make mistakes. 
you get your you get your opportunity to rewrite that wrong. Can she do that? I mean, that's where I feel like this fight is going to come down to. Yeah, and and just to you said what you believed Shevchenko was winning. She was up two to one in the scorecards going into that going into into that fourth round. So she was up in the scorecards. And if you just look at the the fight stats as well, she she outlanded Grasso eighty seven to 59 in significant strikes. Um, she was much more efficient, 60% SIG strike percentage versus 32% for Grasso. But obviously, oh, and actually something I didn't, I didn't even remember this, but Shevchenko four of six on takedowns. And yeah. I don't know why they, I don't know why how UFC stats work that they wouldn't count that as a takedown when Grasso got her, got her back. Like, how's that not a takedown? I, I would think that counts. As a takedown, but they, I, they didn't I, count. I would that. agree with you. Yeah, how's that not? How's that not a takedown? She throws a spin kick. You jump, get on her back. Like that's definitely should have been a takedown. But um, no, so they credit her as zero for two. But that does show you that Shevchenko was in control of that fight before the fourth round. So no, I'm intrigued, and we saw Amanda Nunes got her opportunity against Juliana Pena, and she just whooped her ass in that rematch. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be quite that one-sided but i do i'm probably leaning shevchenko as well she's she's one of my favorites always to watch male or female just man she's so f- i would i'd love to see you two just train train together have you have you ever like worked with her in any capacity like that i have not but you know what i won't let her kick my fucking legs i'll try i'll try to wrestle the hell out of her uh she's i mean she's uh a super 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 good athlete she can do it all she can grapple wrestle Got good judo throws, good stand up, um, and she's had those wars with Amanda Nunes, which Amanda Nunes is the bigger athlete, and a lot of people think she won uh, those fights against Amanda Nunes when she's trying to become a double champ. So I, I put, you know, there's like five athletes that I had on my on on my list that I think was going to break my consecutive title fence. One was Izzy, another was Kamar Usman, uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And then who else I think was gonna break it? Um, John Jones gets in too much trouble to break it, so I wasn't. He wasn't on the list. Um, who else? I think that was it. Yeah, those three. I thought it was five, but those three. I thought when they were champions, I felt like their game was, you know, pretty much nobody could solve the puzzle. But Marty lost. Carmar <laughs> Usman lost. <laughs> I love when I hear people call him Marty. So I something I call him Marty too. Marty, uh, Marty, Marty, fake newsman. The Colby, yeah. Colby Covington. <laughs> yeah. So Kamar, uh, Kamar Usman lost. Uh, and then you had Izzy Adesanya just lost, but he lost to Alex previous. So he was off the list. And then when Shevchenko lost, that was another one who was on my list. Who's going to beat my title defense. But right now, if you look at the landscape of the champions, you know, you look at John Jones, he just became the heavyweight champion. You look at who's light heavyweight. Light heavyweight is uh, Jamal Hill, but he just got out. So that's vacated. Then you look at middleweight. It's uh, Sean Strickland. He just got it. You look at welterweight. It's who the hell is the welterweight champion of the world? Uh, Leon Edwards. Uh, Leon Edwards. He just defended it. So he just got it. So he's at one title defense. Then 155 is Alex Volkanovski. So he's defending it multiple times. One, he's got to be 140, 45. The fit, 55 uh, Islam. 
oh shit, Islam Magachev, he just got it. He just got it from Charles Oliveira. Then he just defended it. So he's on one. So we got two guys who've defended the belt once. And then you have 145, which is Alex Volkanovsky. He's defending this belt, what, I think five times now? Because he did it against, he won against Max, defended it against Max. And then he defended it against Korean Zombie. And he defended it against Brian Ortega. Then he defended it against, uh, so he's at four or five, I believe. My memory serves me right. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I'm pull, pulling up right now. It, it looks like so he's had yeah, so five, five, um, five defenses, five, five top offenses, and then you have one thirty five, which was just Alexander Sterling. Sh Sean O'Malley just got it, and then you go one twenty five, Alex Pantoja. Alex Pantoja just got it. So you look at the landscape of the the champions in you know in the UFC. The only person who has the most consecutive title defense is Alex Volkanovsky. And he has no interest of staying at that division. He wants to go fight at 155 because you look at the, the contenders at 145, it's uh, Teporia is the next one. And after that, that puts him at six. So what does he do? And he's also older. So I think it's fair to say that that uh, that eleven uh, second title fence is going to be there for a long time, there, Michael. Yes. No, no, that's that really is. <laughs> no, as as much as you're you're kidding around, like that's to just look at that. That is one of the more, and I will say John Jones has the overall record of title fight wins at fifteen, but no, just, I, 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 I'm at fifteen. Well, he'll beat me. Uh, when he if he beats Stipe, because I'm at fifteen. Don't 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 discredit. Well, are you counting one? My, you're counting one championship. You're goddamn right I'm counting one championship. Those are 15 world titles. If you want to add my world championship in uh, jiu-jitsu too, throw it at 16, baby. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, th I think um, e either way, yeah, I mean, you've done it in, in less less time. You haven't even been in UFC for five years. So uh, John John Jones has, has the one getting the, that title fight is counting the heavyweight division. So we're counting in another division as well. But no, I, th I think it's, it's something that really, it does make you appreciate that. When you look at someone like Israel Adesanya, who I I have to confirm this because is my brother said that Israel Adesanya is only four and three in his last seven fights. Is that well? He lost to um, Jan, then he lost to Alex, and then he also lost to Sean Strickland, and then he also beat. Uh, if you look at it, Paula Costa. Uh, yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, he he is because it's if you count that Jan Jan Blahowicz when he lost the light heavyweight title, he's. He has gone four, four and three in his last seven. So I mean, that just shows someone who was Israel Adesanya was undefeated. I believe eighteen and zero to start his MMA career, and and now he's lost three out of his out of his last seven. It just it uh it is very very difficult, and that's what I love about MMA. I, I don't I think when you said oh you know combat sports is the easiest to become a world champion <laughs> why, why are people looking at that as a bad thing like isn't that what makes mma so great and so entertaining that you could have these guys like brock lesnar and alex prated that they're just so good in a specific area that they're able to win a title and then you have a sean strickland who is ranked number five and beats one of even even if i wouldn't put Israel Adesanya ahead of Anderson Silva in the middleweight rankings, you're going to put him at worst number two and he just lost easily to Strickland. Like, I, I love it. I think it's a good thing. It's not it's not a bad thing. I think it just shows how, as much as it's maybe the easiest, you could agree with this, actually. It might be the easiest combat sport to win your title, but it's also the hardest to keep it. And I think that's something you have to appreciate about MMA. 1,000%. I'm not saying to become a world champion it, 
in, in at all is super easy. But if you look at this landscape of the sports out there, right? Boxing, basketball, football, tennis, pickleball, shit. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, the damn hacky sat one. Uh, where you throw the damn ball, cornhole. <laughs> I mean, you you look at all the sports out there, golf. It's you you can you can have deficiencies in a game. You could be a white belt in in mixed martial arts and still become a world champion. Where you can't do that in pickleball or cornhole or fishing, sport fishing. You just can't. Like that's just that's the point I'm trying to get across. Uh, and you're absolutely right. It makes it makes mixed martial arts one of the most loved sports for people to watch. It's so unpredictable, and people love unpredictable, and they love entertainment, and that's why it's one of the most entertaining sports around the world. So, I'm super excited to see what's going to happen in in all the divisions. Uh, just uh, last points, ladies and gentlemen. We do have the fights this weekend. Then we also have one championship fight against. Rotting versus Super Lake, September 22nd. Uh, you can watch that, I believe, on the One Championship Super app. It's not on Amazon Prime. So this is, I believe this is also free to people because I know you guys are like this. If it's free, it's for me. So we'll do a breakdown of that fight as well and probably do a live reaction because somebody's probably gonna get knocked the fuck out in that. A lot of people are saying that Super Lake is gonna destroy Rotting. I totally disagree because Rotting's got a chin of fucking, of iron, of iron. Uh, let's see what else. Other than that, I think that wraps up the show, baby. I mean, we hit on all points. We had the Izzy. We got the Alex Alexis Grasso, Shevchenko. We even threw Dylan Dennis in there. Well, hopefully that fight go still goes through. I heard uh, Nina is trying to fucking do a lawsuit against him. So who knows? He might even make it in the fight. But yeah, man. Once again. No, I think I think so. We'll we'll definitely break down that that Rotting Super Lake. That's that's gonna be a, a week from from this Friday. So we'll definitely make sure to break yes. it down in depth. I think one thing we'll we'll maybe do is have have you revisit your fight with with Rotting before before that fight, just to kind of give and and it was funny just to give a little bit of a background story. When I was watching the pay per view at a friend's house in Chicago, I just filmed a little video of them saying hi to D Demetrius. And one of my friends, like he doesn't know anything about MMA really, and he's like, "Oh man, I loved your your fight against Rod Ting." So it, it really, <laughs> yeah, that's right. like, I was very, I, I that wasn't planned at all. So I think it is really that might be at this point your maybe in like 10, 20 years that might be the most fight that people talk about with you, which. That shows like you think, oh, only UFC, but that might be the the fight that people talk about when you're when it's all said and done. So I think it'll be cool if maybe we revisit that before Rod Tank fights uh, once again, September twenty second, uh, a week from this Friday. I think I think that'll be cool to revisit that fight. Yeah, we will, and then we'll do. I'll do his fight against John Haggerty in mine because that was a. a a dope ass fight and then we'll do one of the super lakes fights break that down and uh give our analysis on that so ladies and gentlemen that is it from the mighty cast we are your hosts demetrius johnson and my good buddy producer michael wandover ladies and gentlemen remember this man is single we're trying to get him a date i want to go to a juke wedding so let's <laughs> make it happen until next time we'll see you soon